and they went into a house. Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is out of his mind. Then one was brought to him, who was demon-possessed, and healed him. So the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. All the multitude were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Now the Pharisees and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem heard this, heard it and said, he is Beelzebub, and the follow the fellow does not, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts. So he called them to himself and said, To them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is risen up against himself and is divided. He cannot stand but as a man. Now then, who his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Elzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, lest first find the strong man. And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me, he who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather will gather with me and scatter the blood. Therefore, surely I say to you, every sin, you, every sin will be forgiven for sons of men. But whoever blasphemes that may utter, but who with every I say to you, every sin with will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemes they may utter, but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will have will never have forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Either in this age or the age, of because they said he is an absolute spirit. Jesus said, "Either make the tree good and it's fruit good, or else make the tree bad and fruit bad." For a tree is known by its fruit. The root viper, how can you be an evil speaking good thing? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil man. But I say to you <clears throat> that for every idle word men speak, they will be given an account of this in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. Now, the words I just read, not every one of those are going to be what we're studying on, but I will. I want to contrast back some of it because there's a couple of points that I think that need to be made here. Again, I, I, I want to bring it back to your attention. If you're reading out of the NIV, verse 20 is in part of another paragraph. Some of the other translation, it starts a new paragraph. Um, so we're going to start, we're going to pick up here in verse 20, and it said, Then Jesus entered the uh, again, every time we hear this, good translation, we're not saying this is uh, this he returned to Capernaum, uh, but we're not saying this is the Mount Peter. Possibly could be, it is not stated. We do know that there's two incidents that that's been recorded, maybe more than I'm not aware of, about Peter's house. One was in Matthew 8 14 through 17 when Jesus healed Peter's mother. And uh, in Mark 12, 1 through, uh, 1 through 12, when the paralytic man was healed. So we're, we get the picture that he has entered this house and 
we, we always we, we talk about every time Jesus came, especially when he's in Capernaum, um, there's always a crowd. And of course, here again, it says, and it says, then Jesus entered a house, and again, a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. Um, again, repetition, when we hear this about the crowd gathering, the, the writers of the Jesus had a following. We were talking about it this morning. It could be several different, I mean, we know the Pharisees described for that because, of course, in some of the other translations that it does uh, alliterate that. But when um, Jesus is around, word gets around, and people want to see him for several reasons. Some really care for him. Some of them love him. Some of them are curious for him. Some of them are just there for their own benefit to be healed or have someone else healed. Um, the, uh, the large crowd of the multitude came together uh, and said to be healed, hear him speak, or just be the man every person. Um, this this uh, phrase, enters a house only, is in Mark. The other two gospels don't mention this section. It, uh, it, will, it will pick up in verse 21, uh, but uh, they do not even know that. Um, Verse 21 starts out and says, when his family heard about this, his family, let's talk about his family again. Uh, I did some study on this, and John McCarthy alluded that uh, family, uh, it's, it could be a very, uh, describe personal friends, close associates, or best understanding as it said, family. So we know that uh, uh, in Matthew uh, 35, uh, 13, in 55 and Mark 6 3, Jesus visits Nazareth and the brothers are named. And it said, Isn't this Mary son? Isn't this Mary's son and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sister? Not funny, but his sister has been never they were never named. It was just it was just a brother. And so um, then it says, when the family heard about this. They wouldn't take charge of him or get control of him or uh, they wanted to lay hold on him. Uh, said they wouldn't take charge of him or lay hold on him. Family came to him to restrain him from his many activities and bring him under their care and control. Um, at this point, um, we're getting ready to jump into this parable, but I have a, a idea that Sometimes, you know, you talk to people on time where um, you'll be going down through there and, and uh, believers in John, you go into another room. Okay, we're, we're getting ready to do this because uh, the way Mark lays it out is it started in a chapter, I mean, verse 22, it starts his parable to the strong and, and the, the house is divided and stuff. But if you, which we're not going to, but if you flip over to 31, that's what should be the next section because it actually describes the mother and brothers arriving. So it's it's funny when you when I seen this, I started reading that and I have a little footnote here, verse 31 to 35. It must have been something that we had had in Pastor Peter's teaching or something, but it did bring my attention back to that. But anyway, they wanted to take charge of him. They said um, they went to take charge of him, or they said he is out of his mind. They did not know. Now, Mary knew. Mary knew. John, I've listened to this. Uh, John McCorker has this on his sermons, and I've listened to it a couple of times, and um, I totally agree. His, his, of course, his mom knew because she had, she had, she had been. Um, Told about Jesus even before the you know, at conception, and we know that she was a virgin. We know that through Luke and all that. But the brothers and sisters, I don't think they had an idea of this. They didn't have an idea of who Jesus was, um, and I don't know if they was even following. It never mentions in his brother. I think it was later on in his ministry after his crucifixion and resurrection. 
that they came to know and understand Jesus as God as Lord. But what it is, I think that it says when they wanted to take charge of him or they wanted to lay hands on him or constrain him, I don't think it was like we're going to put him in jail. I think they were wanting to get him away because they didn't want they loved him as a brother, but they didn't know him as Lord or, or God. And so they wanted to pull him back. Uh, it says he is out of his mind. His family can only explain his unconventional lifestyle with his willingness for others. Only by saying he was irrational or he had lost his mind. They, again, I think, had been hearing about this. They knew where he was. They came. Um, well, I think, well, yeah, but his tender heart, his love, he would have, he would have so here we are, yeah, so, so his family really wanted to take charge of him and get him out of that situation, because, Again, like I said, if they would understand who he was and what he had been doing, then they would have just, you know, like, hey, okay, continue your uh, ministry. We'll follow you. We we'll love you. We will stand behind you. But again, they did not. That is why I think verse 31 and 35 goes here and then the parable. But I didn't know that. But then again, like I said, it jumps into 31 to where he talks about who you, who's my brother, my, my, my mother, my brother. But we won't get into that. I want to start into this parable. Uh, I never did mention that like, the whole family, even the death, I never mentioned the whole family at that moment came to light. Yeah. No, it was on the road. Yeah, maybe. It was. It was. was okay, now well, we finally the family. Well, we know two of them for sure did, James, because they wrote a Christmas. say all Jesus' brothers and sisters finally came. But it's funny, I mean, again, like I said, I don't, they never did name, they never had mentioned any of the sisters. Do you know of any of them? Even after the resurrection, and after all the testimonies, and all this stuff. Right, it just says sister. Okay, so they apparently didn't believe. 
I think that is that reflects that there. I may be wrong. It's family. See, now again, I want to look if anybody has something they can in, in clear up on my studies, I am willing to open up and, and totally understand it because I've redone this three times, but I keep going back to why Mark didn't mention this. If you also look in Luke 11, 14, it says demon, Jesus was driving out a demon possessed that was mute. When the crowd, let's see, when the demon left, the man had been mute, spoke, and the crowd was amazed. The very next paragraph, the very next paragraph, the same thing in Matthew, is this parable that we're getting ready to go into. Okay. Is that what it's supposed to mean? I don't know. That's what I see. That's what I read into that. If somebody else knows some more or not, that's not it. Now, we know that, and I'm going to get into it later. Um, in, in Matthew earlier, there was another statement. Well, they, yeah, and you'll see here as it goes through because they're there. They've got their beaters on. They, they, they're just, and so, yes, yes. Because it said, by, let's see, um, it said they want to take charge of him, and they said he is out of his mind. So I'm assuming that they is back because that's what they just don't mention. It's not I think they work for the, the when we went from Hebrew or whatever, it would make it say crap or multitude or something. I think it's talking about his family there saying that uh, when they went to take charge of him or they said he was out of his mind. Okay. So let's butter me up here, let's just say that what I'm understanding is correct, and it was because he had just healed the demon possessed man that Mark did not. They say he's right. right. But, yeah, NIV says he's out of his mind. He's right. So we're saying that's why they wanted to they hold. So now we're going to get into the parable. In verse 22, which again, I love this, in the NIV, it starts a new, new uh, paragraph. And it is talking about the thing. So in 22, it said, uh, And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of the demons. He is driving out the demons. I'm just going to get a little bit deep. Uh, in 22, uh, we know the teachers of the law, that's Pharisee. I'm sure there were some scribes there because they all kind of hung together. And they all had the same focus. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. The main reason why they wanted to get rid of Jesus' story is because he was doing more on. You are right. So they're teachers of the law. But they're also part of the multitude that you see in verse 20. It does not mention it. But I guarantee you they are part of that multitude that we see in verse 20. They came down from Jerusalem, but this is only mentioned in Paul. Uh, that's why I like it when you got the, the Gospels that, that, that work together. You can do this. You get so, yeah, you get so much more out of it. So, so anyway, so they uh, they said he was possessed by the elder. Okay, who's that? That's Satan. That was Satan. Okay, originally this referred to, I may say it wrong, so help me correct this. All the bull. Okay. Yeah. I think. But it says ball equals, equals prince. But this one they're talking about was the chief god of the Philistine city of Ephraim. The Israelites disrespectfully referred to his name as Baal. Beldimum, uh, which means the Lord of the Flock. That's in Second uh, Kings one two. So, which means the dumb, the dumb part of the several different words. Every time I go back, I'm slinging it. 
that's really, I mean, if you was not watching how you read it, you could read it different. I'm saying because bells above and uh, balls above. Uh, so, so, so they're saying that that uh, that he is possessed by Satan. Okay, that he is possessed by Satan. And he said, by the prince of the demons, he is driving out the demons. This is where it's going to get uh, Okay, let me see this right here. In Matthew 9, 9, 27, 34. Okay. This is another demon possessed man. It, uh, the reason why I say that is because it's several chapters before this demon possessed man is just going to be talking about in chapter nine. And again, if I'm going too fast and jumping too much, please let me know. Um, it says um, in chapter nine, verse 32, 32 through 34, it said, Well, they were going out, a man who was demon possessed. And could not talk, was brought to Jesus. And when the demons were driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed. Nothing like this had ever been seen before in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of the demons that he drives out demons. I think that's two different times. Just because the, the, the spread of the, the mountain, what's been done in between chapter 9 and chapter 12. It's got to be a time. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming 10. I'm, I'm up for the legend of the common Yeah. So I'm thinking that's two different, two different incidents right there. Two different demon possessed guys. Pretty much the same scenario. But the only reason why I think it's different, and I may be wrong, is the length of time between chapter 9 and chapter 12. Do I know that time? I do not. I don't think it was. Uh, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. They did. There's absolutely no precedence. Do what? No precedence at all. What? Nothing before. Ever. 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 But nobody's ever tested. Well, you, you remember the, and I think it is somewhere in Matthew, it might be in all three of the Gospels, when he, when the swine, when he went into the swine, he went into the ground and so. Okay, so there's another, and, and again, like I said, I'm, this was so close to that word, I just worded the way it was worded, and they said the same thing. I just think that they were, they were, they were, they didn't have enough to let him. And, you know, he was healing on the Sabbath. He was doing things on the Sabbath. But the only thing I think at this point they were throwing at him is because they didn't have anything else. They told us, okay, you're safe. You know, then they're trying to get the people not to follow him because they didn't want to have him part of that. They had, they had to There again. Because of a serious issue, they better talk quick. I like the government today. You have to come up with something quick to do to change the masses' mind, you know, or else everybody's going to go down that path. That makes it historical. Any, any government has got to do that. These letters had to do something quick. Again, really twisting the fork in there. Well, the followers are getting huge. The followers are getting dangerous. Dangerous inside. And they're losing power quick. You read a lot of books. Of government over the years, uh, something like that happened, uprising happened, and the government had to come up with some kind of a twist answer quick to try to turn the back. That's what they're doing. You're right. Okay, you must be safe. And initially, the impact would hit the people.
Well, when we get into this parable, I think it's always going to come out. Going to come out because what I see at the very end of this parable, that it 360s back around to the first, first couple of sentences in this. So, yes, I, I agree with you. So, um, it's, I read that about that. It said the Pharisees declared that Jesus was saved, but after all of his display of his deity, they knew the truth. Exploiting the truth by saying, the Prince of the demons, he is driving out demons, just like what you guys said. He, that's all I can say to it. That was their next little jab. Um, but again, I really think that this is different from the demon possessed man that we just got through reading. Um, <clears throat> verse 23 So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. I'm assuming that at this point right here, since we just got through talking about the Pharisees, he directed his conversation right to the Pharisees. Okay. He's getting ready to talk to them in a parable. Talking, I think, right to these religious leaders, the, 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 the scribes, the Sadducees, all these people that have any kind of clout that are trying to do this. This is what he's directing to them. I'm I'm sure that the other people are listening, but I think his main focus, because it says uh, in one of them says he knew their thoughts. He knew their thoughts. I don't know if I wrote it down, but I'm it's not being Luke. Uh, that it said that, uh, oh, here it is. Yeah, in, in Luke, when uh, when he's talking about they were, they, they were, uh, driving out demons with the bell above. And then first thought of this is when, when Jesus said, we call them together. Uh, Luke said, Jesus knew their thoughts. How many times have we heard that? We've heard that a couple of times, right? Jesus knew their thoughts. So Jesus called and spoke to them in parables. In Matthew and Luke, it says Jesus knew their thoughts. Um, and I thought, okay, what exactly is a parable? And so the, what I found out, and it, again, please interject if, if I am not correct because I don't want to be saying something that's not correct. Um, parable is a short story that teaches us a moral or a spiritual lesson. It's a common form of teaching in Judaism. Jesus uses parables to conceal the truth from unbelievers while explaining the truth to his disciples or believers. And in Matthew 1334, it says, Jesus spoke all of these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was uh, so was fulfilled what was spoken through prophets. So he spoke, we know that. We, we've read throughout the accounts that Jesus speaks in parables, but I did not know. I think I got that from John McCormick. I guess I'm just going to put Jesus using parables to conceal the truth from unbelievers and explain the truth to the disciples. That's what he did Because, see, sometimes the parables, you know, you, unless you really have the Holy Spirit to sometimes open your eyes that you don't understand it right. because they're like, they're real deep. Was that, was that unique to Jesus? Or is that? Well, no, it says well, that, that the was the common form of teaching in Judaism, is what it said. It said uh, the crowd. I guess. From the, from the dummies. Yeah. <laughs> from the blind. Yeah. Any questions so far? No. Am I losing everybody? Is it thick as mud? Oh, excuse me, clay? That's good. That was good. I always thought whenever you take care of it, you do I didn't know it was a common question for Rabbi to teach us. Again, I, I got like you say, teach to, to send out the people. People walk by all the time when you get the rabbi up there. You got half a dozen guys or whatever sitting in front of them. You walk up to the rabbi and he's teaching the story. And if you're not in, you're not in. And you just keep on walking. You don't have a clue what it's talking about. Yeah, I think I did find that in this book, but it's in that. Eric got a dump of study Bible. And using it through the process, but I think that's what I found. We're still in verse 23. Um, yeah. But then Jesus raises a question 
How can Satan drive out Satan? Okay. I was sitting there going, you can see the looks on their faces, I mean, I read, man. Like, I read this. I read this several times, but I stopped at that and I was like, how can Satan drive out Satan? Okay. Well, let's find out. It would be absurd for Satan to oppose himself. Why would he send demons to men and then make Jesus drive demons? <clears throat> Satan may be evil, but he's not stupid. To divide his resources against himself would be very non-strategic, and eventually he would cause his own kingdom or house. You're going to see that right here. And I'm going to read verse 24 through 36, uh, 26 together because it all comes together. He's taking this parable, and for a long time, we've, uh, again, if you don't understand a parable, then you need to sit down and pray about it. Because I've heard this a bunch, but I feel like I have studied it. Really, it hit home. It said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. And, and his end has come. Um, Jesus uses kingdom, house, and Satan in this parable to show against themselves the three we just spoke about. They will follow. They will fail. They won't last. Um, the kingdom and house, I put them together because the kingdom, to me, uh, as I look at it in our day of, of, of now, is our is a nation, our nation, a nation or a country. Um, and if it's divided against itself, and we see that, we see that today. I mean, America has been, is today is more divided against itself over I'm going to say it's stupid things than it ever has. The only other time that it was this divided was during the Civil War. And it, well, I don't think it was at this extent. Um, the kingdom will not stand in one. The eternal divisions will bring desolation or destruction. Um, again, like I said, we see that today with our own country. We see it with churches. Churches are divided. Churches are, are, are separating the world. Non-biblical things, you know. So uh, we see that with our own home. There is strife, and there is, uh, you know, husbands and wives maybe a believer and a non-believer that don't get along. So this is just some examples I wanted to show you guys. Is what I got out of this because something against itself will not stand. It's like we fight against itself. Uh, conflict, strife, dispute. On the other hand, what we need to make it work, I put this in there as a little footnote, love, compassion, unity, fellowship. I mean, those things, even in a home, those are those are, are detrimental. A nation, I know it sounds stupid, but they should love, sure. You have to have the same common bond to love your country, compassion for your country, unity for the same thing. You know, will everybody ever get along? No, but you have to have a common focus. Abraham Lincoln made it clear when he made this statement during the Civil War, any power that fights against itself is bound to lose. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln was a very wise man. He was very wise. Satan oppresses himself and is divided. Uh, and it says right here, it says, Satan opposes himself and is divided. In Matthew 26, or 12, 26, if Satan drives out demons, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? His end has come. What does that mean right there? His end has come. In this small little bitty statement, it says a whole, whole, whole lot. Found only in Mark's gospel. But I refer, I, I think it's referring to in Revelation, it says, um, it's referred to Satan's ultimate doom. As a head of the dynamic world system, Revelation 20, 1 through 10. Uh, I don't have time to read it, but that's talking about later. So, in your own personal time, you can read that. Um, anybody have anything they want to add to that before we get into this deeper report? Yeah. 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 Y
the dividing of the house and the kingdom and even of Satan. 27, it says these two words in fact. In the NIV, that's what it says. Again, I'm reading out of that. I don't know everybody's translation, but in fact, when I saw that, I, it, that's a draw. That brings me attention. In fact, look here, wake up. What's what I'm getting ready to say? And he literally says, let me close for you. As, as noted, duly noted, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possession unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. Okay, I got to think about this. Here we are, we just got to be talking about these three. The house, the kingdom, and Satan divided against himself. Something about the strong man. And I was like, okay. So I did some, got dug a little deeper in that. The strong man represents Satan, who is strong and armed for battle. His house represents his demonic, his demonic kingdom, all his demons and his angels and everything else that's, that is fighting against this, this cause for Jesus. His possessions possibly represents people that's under his, his control. So that is demon possessed. That is that is, that that are anti God. That that say they are atheists. All these people that that are just striving to help him further his kingdom to put Jesus' kingdom down. Other father of the devil. Hmm? Other father of the devil. Yeah. They are Satan's possessions, and he treasures them, just as Jesus treasures us. That's another thing John MacArthur said, and I, 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 I had to, I was mowing, I packed up and listened to that again, and he said that those, that these people that Satan has working up his regime, his possession, just as we are Christ's possession. And they, they, he didn't have to die for the blood. They just chose. We had a choice too, but we see that he made a sacrifice. Satan did not. Or a okay. Um, any questions? How's up the strong man, Satan? But Jesus, the stronger man, is represented, represented as the stronger man. Who attack and overpower strong man, Satan, tying him, binding him, and not, not letting him have control, frees the man from Satan control. That would be the possessed man. You know, the, 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 the 12, 30, excuse me, 12, 22, and Mark 4, 4. So this is some pretty good explanation. I, again, this is a lot of stuff to cover, and it could probably get a whole lot deeper. I'm probably just skimming the top. Um, but what I see here is is that uh, um, Jesus is trying to explain to us the difference between the, the, uh, the love of him and those who love, love Satan. And in this parable, um, he jumps boom, boom, and boom. Now we're getting ready to make another It said, I tell you the truth. Um, in a lot of translations, it says assuredly. What does your say, David? I'll tell you the truth. Um, assuredly is uh, NIV says, I'll tell you the truth. But most translations probably said assuredly. I guess you have it. Well, you have the we NIV. What, what verse 28? 28. It says uh, truly. Um, uh, okay. The New American Standard. Yeah. yeah. I do like the word in, in the NIV when it's, I mean, surely I get it. But when it says, I tell you the truth, that's bold. To me, that's bold. And uh, it says, I tell you the truth. That, uh, and it says, Oh, this is Mark's first use of this expression, which occurred. Oh, I know what it is. I found surely in my honey. 
Dr. David Jeremiah. But anyway, um, this is the first use of this expression, which occurs 14 times in the gospel. And it could be different in different translations, but it could be 37 times in the Bible, depending on the translation. So we, I think there was like a surely, truly, um, I tell you the truth. So, but anyway, we get the gist of that, that, hey, pay attention to what I want to do today is the truth. Um, all sins and blaspheme of men will be forgiven them. Um, this word or phrase introduces truthfulness and, and authoritative words from Jesus. All the sins and blaspheme of men will be forgiven from them. Romans 3.23 <clears throat> For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, I like the little footnote. I don't remember which translation I'm looking at, but it's the, the three little words. Miss the mark. Miss the mark. Because they have fallen short of the glory of God. In 29, it said, But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will be never forgiven. He is guilty of eternal sin. Um, is it? Um, I like what it said right here. I'm not a very much of an English scholar, but I do remember what a conjunction is. And I know that but is a conjunction. And it says it's used to introduce a phrase or fault contrasting with what has already been mentioned. Okay. It's going back to the word that he's using for the conjunction is blaspheme. Blaspheme has already been used. He's going to go back to it again. And it says, but whoever blasphemy. And in Matthew and Luke, Jesus says, he who is not with me is against me. And who, who that does not gather will scatter. Um, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of the eternal sin, the impartial sin. The sin that Jesus is referred to is that the Pharisees deliberately rejected, or their, uh, excuse me, referring to is that the Pharisees deliberately rejection of that which they knew to be God. They could not deny the reality of what the Holy Spirit had done through Jesus. So they were attributed, they Satan attributed to Satan a work that they knew was God. And we see that back in Mark um, 2 and 322, which is back again, where it turned right around and came back to where he said that Jesus was possessed. He was meant to be. Uh, in John 11 48, it says, If we let him go, this is Pharisees, if we let him go on like this, Everyone will believe in him. They're scared. They're running scared. And then the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. They weren't worried about, and they were scholars. They had nothing. It just blew my mind. Their little eyes were dirty and filthy and couldn't see nothing. Um, you just told them that many times. You know the law, right? Yeah. You know the law? It's like, oh, no, no. The rabbinical law, right? Why Jesus calls himself a witch? Josh knows that for Read this from Matthew. In 12, 31, and 32, it says, So I tell you, every sin and, and blaspheme will be forgiven men, but the blaspheme against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age of Noah. Seriously, it's very serious. Um, when it says that we can blast, not blast, we against or sin against Christ, 
How do we, the only way that we can get that clear is for us to repent and be in obedience with that sin or that we will try like I see it happening. Uh, that's why it is so important for us to tell people that Jesus died for us. For people say, well, I can I, I, I was saved once. I'm going to get saved again. If you were saved once, and you're truly saved, and you're convinced that you love Lord Jesus and you know He died for your sins, if, if you're true, if it's right. Do you blaspheme Christ by calling him a liar? Well, I tell you, uh, I mean, if you don't trust him to do what he says, yes, to blaspheme, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I wondered if that was also, you know, like damning God, you know. Uh, I yeah. think those, those things of talking about, talking about Jesus being a liar and things like that are horrendous, and those things in themselves are damning. But God is mercy can bring people who have been
in ignorance and be forgiven. The cinnamon, the cinnamon, the unbelief gives away to genuine repentance. That's the key. That's the key. Even a Pharisee sets his soul apart to be forgiven for speaking against the Son of Man or persecuting his followers because his unbelief stemmed from ignorance. That's in 1 Timothy 1 through 13. But those who knew, those who know his claims are true and reject him anyway, what you were just saying, sin against the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit who testifies of Christ and makes his truth known to us. In John 15, 26, 16, 14 through 15. No forgiveness was possible for the Pharisees who witnessed his miracles firsthand. They knew the truth and his claims, but still blasphemed the Holy Spirit because they already had rejected the fullest possible revelation. They already they had already got it in their mind that this is not going to work. So they were blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Um, someone deliberately and disrespectfully slanders a person and ministry of the Holy Spirit and pointing to the bullshit and redemption of Jesus Christ who completely negates and forfeits any possible of presenting a future forgiveness of sin because he has wholly, wholly rejected the only basis of God's salvation. Um, you are kind of dressed up. No, I'm, well, I have no good. Oh, that's yeah. I've got one more verse. Can that's I okay. Yeah, you sure? I'll really just. I'll hurt. 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 I'
circumstances with right working they hear and they say is that it and, and there's debate about that about when have you crossed i don't know that you can say that because again study for me and I tell you Larry is true with you if you you don't think you know something study them for a couple of weeks you can start it twice and three times and throw it away. Nicodemus really came to that uh, he said you're really good teacher's not job about it. It's very clear. In fact I think he came 
Yeah, you're right, Pastor. He didn't say I. He said we. It's during every discussion that they've had. Like, man, you're right. We've got to stop this or else he's going to take, take our position. You know? We're going to lose our piety. It just shows the heart of Christ because even after this accusation, we just walk away. But even then, like we don't sometimes, most of the time, we don't. Stop. <laughs> Even though he knew their hearts, stop and love them and teach them. There you go. Here's the simplest way I can teach you. And then the hearts will heart. But he stopped for, for his enemy. A lot of times we'll either turn away or we'll say something you know, before we turn away. It's not derogatory. Leave because I don't have time for your foolishness. You saw you saw what I did. I told you you saw with your own eyes, and now you're you're questioning me. I do it a lot, you know. Oh, you didn't do that, dude. You saw me do it. But instead of doing that, he stopped and he told him in very plain English, "Think about what you're saying." You know. A house divided is not is going to fall. And he got us again. <laughs> you know, he got us again with a simple two or three sentences. He blew hard all our accusations, but they got behemoth again. Then they, and he's like, verily, let me tell you something else. Now, let me tell you something else. I mean, he really took time with men who were really an angry, vicious, Mob against an enemy, yeah, but he took time. Let us maybe take well, time. Thing, you can lose people if you jump right to the strong man in his house. I mean, that's really not, strong man's not divided. I mean, he's, he's singular, but then he talks about the other man coming in there. A stronger man comes. Stronger. Jesus was a knowledgeable guy. A little bit. <laughs> this reference from John McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> Audio cassette with his mother. Hang on, Diana. Uh, <laughs> Walkman chapter. First Timothy 1 verse 13. I'm sorry. I'm not bad. First Timothy 1 verse 13. So, man, I'm going to confuse you guys. Go home and read on it and come back and tell me something. Where are you wrong? Where are you wrong? Heavenly <clears throat> Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you for the study. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and conviction, comforting, and love. Sometimes my little Hebrew will not even found Trinity. I just know my faith is there. Thank you for the Father. Thank you for your love for us, Lord. You did not give up. You endured the cross. This is what it's all about. The cross, the blood that was shed. But then the rest of the story is that you arose. And we serve a risen Savior. I pray for our friend, families and friends, Lord, that don't know you. Pray, Lord, you help each and every one of us be mouthy and tell people about you. Help me to be that way. I can talk about cars and hunting, and, and if I if I know that, that that we are in the same kingdom bond that we love you, I can we can talk all day long. It's just I have sometimes a hard time 
confronting somebody or asking somebody, help me not forget, help me get bold. Again, thank you for these brothers and sisters here. We pray for those that aren't here. Debbie and her clan down there. Pray they have a good time. Pray for Eric and I, Joan. Pray for her. Please give her strength and guidance, Lord, and give her energy that she's, she's just tired. Pray for Again, Lord Jesus, I do pray for Joan. Pray for her. Really just we, we, don't, we don't know your time. We don't understand your time. You want to make it. Jesus, this is the